Hello and welcome back for our final episode of the school year in Engaging and Teaching and Learning, where we are excited to share stories from Las Cruces Public Schools. Through interviews with students, teachers, and administrators, we want to celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can all support all learners at LCPS. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions on our show. Please email your comments to us at podcast at lcps.net. We started the podcast early last semester with the goal of having one episode per week. Unfortunately, that got derailed when the district was hit by ransomware in late October. Once that settled down, we were able to record our first four episodes before we had another setback with the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we want to close out the semester with one more episode so that we can reflect on a semester that is one for the history books. On today's show, we'll be talking with Darby Sanchez. Darby is a National Board Certified Teacher and teaches second grade at East Picacho Elementary, and this is her 14th year teaching. We also have Keena Marlett, who has been teaching with LCPS for 15 years. She's worked on district curriculum and served as an instructional specialist. Currently, she's working on her master's degree in educational leadership at NMSU and is an enthusiastic and excited third grade teacher at Sonoma Elementary School. So, Darby, Kina, welcome. Uh, it's Josh. I, I, uh, I'm so glad that we have this chance to come together and talk at the end of what's been a very, very quiet and ordinary school year, right? So uh, it's, it's very good to see both of you. Um, the, the goal for us today, and Esther and Matt are here with me, and the goal for us today is really just to be able to chat about, um, about your school year. And, and uh, this is definitely one for the record books for, for all of us. And, um, and I think there's just, a, as we all know, there's such a powerful op opportunity for us as, as teachers and learners to reflect on that. And, and this is that natural time for us to do it. And I think in so many ways, the circumstances have, have, um, have created barriers to some of those that like reflective space and sort of the closure that we see in a school year. And, um, and I, I hope that we can use this time in this episode as a conclusion for our series this year with the district as a way to sort of encourage people to, to reflect on the school year and to really think about the takeaways that, that we take from the experiences this year and, and what we need to do this summer to, um, to recharge, right? And to, and to be ready for next year. Uh, so Kina, maybe I'd ask you, and maybe, and this is for both of you, but, but if we had to think about describing this school year in just a single word, just one, what would you use and why? What would that word be? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, grace. <laughs> and the reason why is I think that we have all learned to have a lot of grace in all experiences and um, with, with the schools, the community, the district, just working together. Absolutely. Grace. I, I, I appreciate that one very much. I think we all just just the awareness right and just like, extending a little more darby how about you i think my word would have to be flexibility because we were hit so many times with different challenges and we just had to roll with it when i first started teaching years ago in albuquerque a very wise very experienced teacher named joy mallory um she i would come into her, her room and go guess what we have to do now and she'd say darby roll with it this too will pass you know and we've had to do that. And, you know, the kids mirror our reactions. Mm -hmm. So we had to really keep it together and show that we were going to get through whatever it was and continue learning. So flexibility was a big one. What a, um, both of your words, grace and, and flexibility, great concepts, and especially now. But I have a feeling that these are things that you follow throughout your career. Like you always show grace in your career, uh, whether you're going through 2020 or not, right? And same thing with flexibility. Um, and it does seem like we have gone through 
a few years, um, like the year of February and the year of March and you know those sorts of things. So I want to take you back to ransomware time. That was a long time ago. Um, and what are some takeaways from that time? Um, let's start with Darby this time. What are some things that you take away from experiencing our career as educators during that time? Well, I think that we learned that um, we don't have to have technology to be effective teachers. Um, kids learn pretty much any format you give them. Um, so, and I think it was easier for those of us who had been around the block a couple times to just go, okay, we, this is how we started teaching. A long time ago, I had one computer in my classroom and it used a floppy disk. Um, so that's, you know, that you, going back to that, that wasn't really that hard. I did miss having a quiet center for a small group of kids to be at every day, but um, now we got, we got through that pretty, pretty well. And, and, and considering where we're at today, that was actually pretty easy. <laughs> Right. How about you, Kina? What are you, you know, about that? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like we had to, just like what Darby said, you know, we had the skill set to go back and do those things. Um, but just again, like you used the word too, flexibility, to be flexible and um, kind of be out of the box thinkers again. I know we're always telling our kids to do that and be creative and out of the box thinkers. And we found ourselves you know, trying to practice what we preach. <laughs> and, um, and also the thing that I struggled with the most is we have been, I've, I worked at two schools at Las Cruces Public Schools, and both of them had technology um, at some capacity for the teachers and for the students. And so we have been used to having all of these amazing engaging activities, whether, you know, it was, um, you know, things that the, the district provided or things that we just found on our own to enrich our own lessons. And so when those are, when those get taken away, you kind of feel like, man, um, that we, we kind of maybe took, we were at a point where we were starting to take it for granted. And where I struggled was to, to, to not go back just to the worksheets, still find, you know, keep all those engagement strategies that we've been practicing and all yeah, those, that's really all, you know, um, to keep that up without going back to making copies and yeah. um, just still making it fun and, um, and also still for focusing on the four language domains, you know, just being really um, intentional about making sure you're incorporating those into every lesson because a lot of the times the technology that we had um, lended itself to those domains as well. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, here we go. What do we do? So that's amazing that you bring that up because I've probably talked, as we all have, I've probably talked about ransomware a hundred times with a hundred different people. And I've never thought of it through the lens of the language domains ever. So that's, that's new learning for me, even what a week before school gets out. So thank you for saying that. Um, and, and I know we have a whole list of questions here and I know Matt's one of our hosts, but I'm curious, Matt, like as the IT director in our district, on the other on the other ish side of ransomware, um, like what are some of your takeaways from from this from from that experience for you, which is probably a hopefully a once in a career experience? Yeah, so for us, you know, ransomware is is always something that's that's on the front of our minds as far as IT security is concerned. Um, and and this wasn't our first ransomware attack, but this was the first time it it affected us uh, sort of at a district scale. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, of the, the three or so months that we worked on it, um, you know, getting everything recovered and, 
and resecuring our network and getting all of the right equipment in place was is a really good time for us to kind of look back and and think on uh, not necessarily the mistakes that we've made in the past, but but looking at the things that we could have done better and and remedying those. And it definitely helped us uh, bring you know IT security in general more to the forefront. And it's really now has put us in a much better position going forward. Um, it's just it's just been so much uh, learning and so much new things that we're we're going through. Um, and we're, we're finally glad to sort of be on the other side of it. That's a, uh, I, maybe that would be my word, right? <laughs> like just so, well, maybe that's my words. So much learning for everybody with, with everything. So yeah, that's really interesting. I appreciate that perspective. Thanks. Yeah. And so, you know, with us, we, we had the ransomware attack in October um, where uh, it was basically just a technology blackout. Nobody could use computers. Nobody could use printers. We couldn't use the internet. You know, we didn't have the internet until, what, after Christmas. Um, so we went through that, and March rolls around just as we are starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel on ransomware, and this new thing, the COVID-19 pandemic, starts uh, becoming a major concern, and, and we shut down about the middle of March and went from zero technology to everything being online. Um, we've been through this for about nine weeks. And um, what are what are your takeaways? Let's start with uh, Kina. Well, I, I kind of jotted some down because just my nature is to reflect and analyze and taking my classes that they're also having us do this too. So here's some of the, the ones that I thought that would be kind of fun to talk about today. Um, one of them is it, you know, we're always trying to get our kids career ready and by golly, this is for sure making our kids get career ready because they are learning to be more tech savvy. Um, that being said, you know, just like with our kiddos, when we're teaching them and we're trying to do interventions, they also have different um, levels of how they respond to technology and how much they know. So not only are you trying to gauge like if their understanding, but also their understanding of the technology that we're using. And so I do feel like the district. Um, you know, prepared us because we did have the platforms that were kind of unified. For instance, we have had Google Classroom. So our students knew how to use Google Classroom before all of this happened. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Another um, program is Seesaw. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but when we go back to the language domains, they're able to manipulate things and it's, it's super engaging and you can put the teacher's um, voice on there. It's just really super easy to use. Um, so if you do have struggling readers, they can still do the assignments, even if they are, a, a, you know, even if the words are kind of hard because they can hear you say the directions. So there's just been some things that I've been thankful for and reflecting on and um, just that technology piece. Um, another thing that I have realized is, you know, in our classrooms, we have these kids who learn, you know, that they have their special needs, their modalities that they like to learn and um, we have our introverts and our extroverts. And what I have found through this process is um, in the classroom, there's distractions. And sometimes the extroverts, the ones that are like, pick me, pick me. And they're the ones that are, um, 
you know, getting most of the attentions and the introverts are fine with just taking it all in. But, you know, um, you know, us as teachers, when they were right there, we're able to pull it from them too and get and get their information. But this platform has given them a stage to really express themselves um, as extroverts where they can get on and do a video explaining their understanding. But my introverts can have lots of different ways to um, explain their understanding and they don't have um, people watching them. So they are more comfortable. And so I feel like I've, I've been able to get more from them than ever. So I'm just trying to think of the positives through this whole thing. And um, I think that that's kind of, that, that's really important. And I've also pointed that out to them too, because I feel like that's important for them to learn, you know, their likes um, and how they learn best. Um, we, I have seen a lot of kids, you know, like we talked about earlier, think outside of the box. And one example I want to use is we have, we the third grade team at Sonoma, we were going to do these solar ovens and we were pretty pumped about it. And the kids were pumped about it. We were already starting to talk about it. And we were going to make this big deal out of it. Well, we thought, why are we going to rain on the parade? We're still going to do it. We'll give them the opportunity to do it. And we thought, well, gosh, you know, what about, you know, inequalities? They, if they don't have the materials and we thought we can still teach them how to do it. Right. Well, the kids just rolled with it. And one girl didn't have a black, um, construction, black construction paper. And she got black electrical tape and made her own black piece of paper and just those things I'm just celebrating because they are being creative and thinking I know that's very 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 simple and small thing when you think about it but you know eventually when we talk about like what kind of people do we want um you know working someday we want those problem solvers at any capacity whatever job they choose so I'm gonna take that as a plus so those are just a couple takeaways um that I thought were important to share Darby, how about you? Um, I, I'm just, I'm thinking of all of the things that you said and, and that's, you're right. There's just, there's so much to reflect on and take away from this experience. Um, nine weeks in Darby, what are your sort of takeaways from this and key learnings as a, as a teacher and, 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 and yes, all of that. It's like, what, are, what do you take away from this, this school year? I'm seeing that there's a huge discrepancy between um, what the families have access to as far as the internet, uh, those who ha didn't or had technology um, and the parents are just overwhelmed. There's, you know, I'd say a good half of my class is really overwhelmed with trying to work of, to, to some degree. And, you know, I've got one kid that's got, he's got, there's five siblings in that family. And so they're all competing for zoom time and parents, you know, their parents time and they're still trying to put food on the table and three meals a day instead of just two, you know, or even just one since we, we served breakfast as well. Um, so it's it's been a real challenge for these families to try to keep that level of um, instruction going. Um, and then, it, you know, kids are just different with their parents than they are with teachers. Um, so, and I know that with my own two kids too. So that's been very eye-opening, I think, for them too. Um, and I think that a lot of these kids are, are very fearful. I was talking to a friend today and uh, she's got uh, two girls in, uh, they're twins and they're in first grade. And she said one of her daughters will not leave her side. So she's just so overwhelmed with what this virus is. She's terrified of it. So she just is her mom's shadow right now. So when we do get back into the classroom, whatever, in whatever capacity that is, we're going to have to do a lot of um, 
counseling, I think, and, and supporting these kids and, and helping them feel safe and comfortable to come back into the classroom. And I really hope that's what we get to do. I feel like what, what you just said, Darby, leads us right into our next question, which is um, how have you prioritized relationships with your students? I think uh, both our, our ransomware time and this COVID-19 time has made us see relationships with our students in a different way. So how has this affected your relationship with your kids? Another element that we now have is um, now we have a window into all of these homes, right, that, that before we didn't. So what are some things that, that you think about in that sense? Um, well, let me think. Um, well, again, there's just, you know, the big discrepancies, you know, with the technology issues. Um, kind of. And if you want to focus more on, like, the relationship part of, like, how have you... Um, I guess improved on those relationships or just seek uh, the relationship with your students? Well, I get on to Class Dojo with them. I have a, uh, on Wednesdays is our class, do our, our, our Zoom time. And um, so we have a, I've got a meeting in, at 10 and a meeting at 4. And so I'm trying to get half the class on at each time. So, because when I have too many, then nobody gets a chance to talk. Um, and then, you know, there's just, it's kind of like in the classroom. You've got those kids that are constantly raising their hand because they want to talk and they want to show you your, their dog and everything else that's in the, in the house. And, um, so yeah, just, and then there's some that don't ever get on instead of trying to contact them and see if they're okay. And I had one kid, I was like talking to the mom and I said, are you guys, I knew he needed shoes. So I said, did they get you the shoes? You know, just trying to meet their basic needs. You know, forget the academic side of it. It's like, are, are you guys getting to the meals at school? Do you have shoes? You know, is the computer working? Um, how's your internet running? So just those real basic things that they that they need to, to, to start with. So, and if I can just jump in and say, Darby, um, like everything you just said and, and the fact that you almost said it like it was matter of fact just speaks to how amazing of a teacher you are and how amazing teachers are globally, right? Um, I, I just I think it's worth pointing out and and crediting how much learning just happened in those two sentences you just said that you may not even realize um, how how you know to do Zoom classes at different times of the day because you want to maximize student um, engagement and you know that kids need shoes or food and how um, in tune to that you are um, and that you don't even necessarily just in general in education people just don't necessarily appreciate that largeness um, is really humbling. So thank you for that work. I, I, and I really mean that. Thank you for that work. Yeah, well, if we don't meet their basic needs, there's no way we can even get to the education part. Because you really can't teach a kid who's hungry, you know? We've got to uh, get that taken care of first. How about you, Keith? Um, yeah, Darby, you are right on, right spot on, and you are amazing. And um, I agree with you. It's been interesting because in order to keep the kids coming on Zoom, because it's optional, you have to be very creative and you have to be, you have to um, keep the engagement level really high. So sometimes you get off your Zoom meetings and you are exhausted like you've taught a whole day <laughs> because uh -huh. the kids are trying to even talk over each other and you're trying to make everybody feel so important and they're all in front of you and they can all hear everything you say. And so um, it, it, it was a learning curve at first and I think I can speak for 
most teachers that we were all kind of learning as we went and just trying our very best. Like our motto is like, just do your best every day. And that's the best you can do. So I made sure I told the parents that, and I made sure I told the kids that, cause that's what my mantra was. I'm like, we're, we got this, just do the best you can every day, you know, be flexible, have grace. And, um, I also talked to my kids and we've had the counselors coming in on our Zooms, which have been really nice. And you can do breakout rooms. So they'll take a, a room and do an empathy circle. And I will to kind of break up the class a little bit just to do check-ins. Sometimes things they say clue you in on things that they need. Um, and so that's another piece that we were kind of missing, not having those one-to-one -one conversations with them. So the check-ins, um, the Zoom really helped. And then I felt like... Um, it, there, so there's a wave of emotion. I was thinking there's a wave of, um, you know, exposures and all these numbers that they're talking about with coronavirus. And it's always like up and down and up and down. Well, that's how our emotions are right now as well. And so you kind of have to take every person you come into, whether on Zoom or whatever, and be like, where are they at? Because I think we've all been going through the stages of grief to some extent. And that uh, the kids do too. They are grieving that they're missing um, their each other. They love the Zoom platform, but they are really missing just those um, connections. They're, they're missing the connection with their teachers, their school, their principal, just all those things are kind of stripped. So trust has kind of been stripped a little bit too. I know that sounds weird, but um, they trusted that you would show up every single day. And so you, we really had to kind of build that trust up again. And um, one thing Seesaw has is it has a blog where the um the kids can post things so i see them and then i can decide what to put on the blog and then they can write back and forth to each other and it also does the modalities they can type it in they can verbally put it in with the microphone um, they can do a video back to them it has just been a great way to keep them connected and um, that has been my saving grace and that's what made me feel better and then we also did flat marlats and i don't have one here but i had a student send me one in the mail so this way I can take him places. So I, I gave all my students a flat Marlat, like flat families, and um, they love that. And it's funny because I know it's a piece of paper, but it has kept us kind of together. Like um, the other day, one of the students was washing my hands for 20 seconds. And I thought, <laughs> oh, you are funny. You are clever. So just little things like that to keep the humor. You know, we're also, you know, doing, um, you know, the educational part, but I agree completely with Darby hands down. If we don't meet their basic needs, like you said, we're not going to get the best of them. So. So in addition to, you know, meeting with your students and, and almost all of our interactions now are having over, happening over zoom. Um, you know, I, myself as the IT director, I spend probably seven to eight hours a day on zoom meetings, meeting with, with other staff in the district. Um, how have, how have you prioritized your relationships with your colleagues as well during this time? Uh, let's start with Kina. We have made it a priority to make sure that we're not only showing up to PLCs, um, but we're also um, showing up to grade level meetings and, and just trying to collaborate. We do have these technologies, thank goodness, where we can like, we could all be on a Google Doc planning together and see what we're writing and just kind of sharing. We're constantly sharing things. I mean, half the stuff I've done, I've stolen from somebody else because it was a great idea and I'm not even, you know, that is fine to say that. Like it is fun to, to collaborate, maybe even more than we ever have because um, we've had the time to kind of reflect and make lessons better and kind of bounce back and forth 
ideas where a lot of the times we were with our students, which is rightfully what we should have been doing. But, um, you know, now when we have a little bit of downtime, we're like, hey, what do you think about this? Or sending things and ideas places. So it's been kind of fun. And we've been collaborating with different schools. You know, if I know a third grade teacher at, at Sonoma, I might contact a third grade teacher at Conley and they give you an idea and it's fun to, you know, share. Yeah, I want to I want to add that we have um, we have had a lot of of working with other districts in the state just to, to kind of call and see, hey, what are you guys doing? How are you handling this problem? Um, it's it's definitely kind of brought in a new era of collaboration, not just within our district, but across the state. Uh, Darby, what about you? What's uh, what are your take take well, on that? Well, I think that that teaching in general lends itself to collaboration. You know, nobody really needs to worry about you know taking credit for an idea. It's it's a real um, charge to you when somebody says, "Hey, that's a great idea. I'm going to steal it." You know, so we love to share our ideas, and so our our team has been great about that. We have amazing administrators that have just taken the high road in all of this and said, "Hey, we're just going to keep pursuing." you know, what, you know, going on forward with what we've been doing. And uh, so they've just been great examples for us as well. Um, and just keeping a really good sense of humor through all this. Um, just just a lot of support. We had our, our drive-by teacher appreciation parade last week, and that was a lot of fun. So just, just and, and seeing our kids, you know, connecting with them just a little bit when we drove by and yelled at them and honked at them, that, that was really great. So we all needed that charge. We really did. It's amazing. Like, I don't think you, we can underestimate how um, powerful, like, those types of things are and how uh, invigorating they are. Mm -hmm. um, so we're recording this on the Thursday before. It's the last Thursday of the semester. By a week from now, we will be out of school um, in a different way than we've been out of school, right? A different kind of out of school. Um, looking at this school year and just all of the, all of the things, what what do we do this summer? Like, how do we, what are your plans for the summer? How do we balance the very real need for quiet and reflection and family time and, and all of that? And, and what does recharging look like for you this summer? And, and what questions do you take with you into next year about the school year? And there's just so much there, but I guess I, I just think it's so important that we all are really thoughtful about how we will recharge and how we how we recharge. And so, what does that look like? And and maybe Esther, that's a good place for all of us to think of, to think about that. What is what does your summer recharge look like for you, Esther? We'll start there. Wow, um, I feel like for these past two months, we've all been on on basically go 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 go. Like that's the mode that we're all. I don't think I've ever worked these long days nonstop one after the other and and I've tried to make it a point to you know have a schedule wake up at the same time have a routine uh, save time for family and TV and going outside and things like that but just because of what we're living through right now that's it's been a little bit impossible because something more comes up so in, in terms of what I think about this summer I feel like I'm hoping for for things to slow down a little bit while all of us, you know, our, our, our leaders and us and teachers, we're all making decisions as to what's going to happen next, what is this gonna look like next, um, but um, really honoring the, the scheduling of my time and making time to, again, spend, you know, just an hour with my family at least, or, or like I said, going outside, not working on the weekends. I think that right now, 
there's um, there's no boxes, there's no limits. We just work all day and we're in touch all day. The workday doesn't start and it doesn't end. It's just, it keeps going. And so I think for this summer, I would like to be really um, intentional about that. I don't think that continuing like this would be healthy for me or anyone that's going through this. And I think we're going through this together. Um, so I think just making sure that I have those those limits to times and, and spending time where I need to spend time. Uh, you know, doing more meditation, uh, that always helps me center myself and, and de-stress a little bit. Um, so how about you, Kina? <laughs> I think those are great points, Esther, and that is really interesting because um, it is hard to shut it off, right? Because you, it's almost habitual now where you, you know, you think you're, you're going to be like, I'm done, but then you find yourself picking up your um, computer and open it up just to check and see if there's any emails that you can get to really quick. And then, um, you know, it's, it's usually like before bed and then you're kind of geared up because you're like in work mode and you try to bring yourself back down. So that's really interesting that you said that. And I totally agree. And I'm going to try to disconnect um, too. I mean, again, we go back to, we tell our teenagers, you know, that there's all this research about technology and here we are, we are, um, we are feeling it. We are, we are on technology overload. Um, you know, for the right reasons, obviously. But I think that there is, like you said, a balance. And I think that we all need to work on, on um, doing a routine, um, asking ourselves what we want to do. Do we want to do a puzzle? Do we want to meditate? Do we want to do yoga? Um, like what's going to bring us back to center and balance? I love how you said those words, because I know that is something I'm going to work on really, really hard. And just to deposit more time into my family and um, just make that those times like really purposeful <laughs> and yeah, just depositing into the family so I can be, do the best I can and be ready for the new year. How about you Darby? Well, I like to exercise. So I, you know, that's one of my things to, to de-stress. So definitely incorporating more of that. Um, it would be nice to sit down and read a book that's not on a screen, you know, paper book would be nice. Um, and then after I get a, a little bit of that, it would be, I, I would like to have some time to just kind of break into our new math program. So I, I don't feel overwhelmed with that once the school starts, school year starts um, and do a little bit of planning with our team um, on that. Um, and, and maybe I, there's been a lot of like courses um, offered as far as using technology better in if this continues so you know that's that's been I, I would I've seen myself grow technologically through all this um, I even have a YouTube channel now which I thought I would never do which cracks me up because at the beginning of school year you know you tell the kids what do you want to be when you grow up and so one of my kids says I want to be a youtuber and I said what is that so they had to all explain to me what that was and so we had to look at you know people who are youtubers so now I have my own channel because uh, we were reading Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing before we left and the kids were really into it. So I, I continued reading the chapters one at a time and I put those on a YouTube channel. And so my kid, one of my, this one child of mine, he's all into it and he says, okay, Ms. Sanchez, you only have about nine subscribers. He says, that's not even acceptable. So he has challenged me to get a hundred subscribers. And the, if I lose, I have to ride a tricycle around the school uh, when we get back and if he loses 
then he has to be without mind Minecraft for a whole month, which I think his mom is hoping I win just for that reason. But uh, so that's kind of another thing that I'm going to be working on this summer too, is getting more subscribers. Well, it sounds like we need to promote your channel, right? So yeah, we need to, we need to promote your channel. <laughs> I'll subscribe. Thanks. So, so for us, summer in the, in the IT world is a lot different. It's, it's really when us IT folks have the opportunity to go in and, and make some, some big changes and big improvements. And that's when all of our maintenance gets done. You know, that's when we go back to, to all the computers at the schools and start cleaning them. And, and that's when we take the opportunity to, to make some major upgrades to the network and things like that. Whereas our semester is, is kind of the slow time for us because our role then is more of a, uh, supporting role to, to teachers and staff. And, and we're in break fix mode, you know, where, we're fixing the issues that, that you guys need to keep you going. And then summer kicks over when everybody's out of the buildings and, and nobody's on the network is when we really start to get to work. Uh, it's going to be interesting for us this summer, uh, not being able to be in the buildings, um, at least for now, uh, to do all that work. But, um, you know, we're still, we're still looking forward to, to being able to do all that. But that wasn't the question, Matt. The question was what you were going to do for yourself this summer. You. So, <laughs> so my goal for this summer is to substantially uh, reduce the number of Zoom meetings I have to attend on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> and uh, but but I'm right there with Darby. I just want to sit down and read a book on paper, and and you know just cut the power to my house and 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 maybe read it by candlelight or something because I am I'm definitely teched out. So. Um, I but, think we, I think we all are. I think that's a, that's a, to reading a book this summer. That's the plan, I think. So. Yeah. So, well, I want to, I want to thank everybody for your time today. This was a, uh, it was great talking to you and, and kind of, you know, talking and, and reflecting on the, on the last semester. And I hope all of you have a wonderful, um, rejuvenating summer and uh, we'll see you all next semester. Yes, have a great summer. Thank you so much. We'll see you. Darby, Kina, I really, really appreciate your time. Esther, thanks for coming today. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Great summer. Thanks. And we look forward to your feedback on today's show. Please reach out to us with questions or comments on any of Virtual Learning Lounge's social media platforms. Thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back next semester when we start another season of the VL2 Podcast. <laughs>